The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Darylise Lyons. Darylise is a writer and storyteller living in Philadelphia. For years, Darylise struggled with an eating disorder. And when she felt she was finally past it, she jumped headfirst into the dating pool. It turned out she wasn't ready for dating, or for anything really, and had to totally change the way she viewed and lived in the world to start her road to recovery. Hey, Darylise, how's it going? Good. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for trekking all the way from Philadelphia. <laughs> it's fun. Any excuse I can <laughs> I, I can get to visit New York. To come to New York. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, thanks so much for being here. Um, yeah, what, what did you want to talk about today? Or yeah, where did your story start? Yeah, okay. So um, this happened, I think it was like 2007 or 2008. So a, a while ago. Yeah. Um, but I just gotten out of treatment, eating disorder treatment. I struggled for many, many years with anorexia and bulimia. And, um, and you know, my pattern in the past was so ridiculous. It was like I'd get out of the pattern of being self-destructive with anorexia and bulimia. And then didn't know how to be alone. So I was like, I, I was <laughs> yeah. like, anytime I was single, I was like, what do I do? Right. So, you know, I'm on this mission. I set out on this mission to like find the love of my life. Right. Because, <laughs> I, you know, I'd been without an eating disorder for a minute and a half. And I figured, yeah, you like, felt like I fixed everything about me that I need to fix. Yeah. Like now I'm ready for love. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was a little more like, oh, that that unfillable void that I was trying to fill with food. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm now yeah, going to yeah, try to I fill with something people. else yeah. to fill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So such is life. Um. So I go on online dating and I like make it my job, right? Yeah, to like yeah. meet that person. So I'm going on like maybe six dates a week or something. Man, like, that's a lot of dates. It's a lot of <laughs> dates. Yeah, it's a lot of But I had a lot of free time. Like, yeah. Now that I wasn't binging and purging all the time, like I needed to do something. Yeah, it was a way of like filling your time. But also you were like, yeah, I want to meet somebody and this right. is the perfect yeah. way to do yeah, this. Yeah, I want to meet that person. And when I do, my life will be great. Yeah, and I've, I've had that same uh, philosophy with online dating too where it is like a numbers game it's like i have to put in the time to do this to meet this person yeah. that's going to be worth meeting right and you go through a lot of not so great you go people. through a lot of not so great people which is why you know fast forward a little bit when you meet someone that it seems like oh there could be a connection here it can be very easy to kind of like project onto that person things that may or may yeah, not be there totally it's like oh this is so great when in reality, yeah, it's just like sort of better than mediocre, maybe, depending on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So I met this guy named Tony. Okay. And um, and he's like, like, oh, intensely into me, which is so great, right? Like yeah, when you first yeah. meet someone, I mean, assuming that you're into them. Yeah, but... it's always nice for a person that you're into to be into you. <laughs> to be into you, yeah. yeah. So, um, and like, you know, calling and texting and emailing and like just, you know back in the day when people emailed more and yeah and whatnot um and yeah and he was just like so eager at that time I lived in Greenwich Connecticut and he lived in Long Island okay 
And so he was like, come up and take me out on dates. And like, I just felt like, oh, my God, like this is this is what I'm looking for. And also fast forward, like, you know, or rewind, I guess. This is my reward for not binging and purging and starving myself anymore. Like I did the work again, like yeah. for like a month or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. I hadn't really done much work, <laughs> but like I did the work and it's paid off and it's yielded like this guy in this relationship. So and the other thing is, you know, I had a history of sort of sleeping with people fairly early on into meeting them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I realized that for me, like my where my body goes, my heart follows. Yeah. And um, just like not good at casually being with people. It's yeah, like, I'm the same way. It's yeah. like I was not good at the idea of hooking up with somebody. I was like, well, if I'm not into this, then why am I doing that? Like it, right, it all connects right. to each other. Yeah. Or I and I would sometimes think like, oh, I like a person more than I do because I slept with them. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it was this, like, yeah. oh, like it must be magic instead of just oxygen. Tosin or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chemicals yeah. coming out of my body. I'm not paying attention to them. I'm just paying attention to the fate that this feels right, like. Right, right. Yeah. So so I thought I was being like, quote unquote, really good, right? And that like I waited to sleep with him until maybe like six dates in or so. And I was like. Yeah, you're feeling like, yeah. okay, I'm like doing this what I feel like is the right way. It's, right. I'm not rushing into this thing. I'm not letting my chemicals take yeah. over these feelings. Yeah. And so I just thought like okay, this could be the beginning of something amazing and magical. And um, and then we slept together for the first time. And the second and the third time all in one day. Because, of course, like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. like that pent yeah, up. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, this is great. We're going to keep doing this. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then he sent me a message. You know, I drove back home from because I went to his place in Long Island um, That for that our sixth date. And then um, – I, you know, get in my car and I drive back home and he sends me a message like, good night, beautiful. You know, it was so great to be with you and all this. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is great. This is kismet. <laughs> this is magic. And then um, the next day I wake up and I like send him a message and say, you know, like really had a great time, you know, like excited to see you again. And nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And, Man. and then like again the next day you know i'm like oh well maybe he's sleeping in like maybe this maybe that like all the, you know and then the next day nothing and then i i think i waited like the, till the day after that and then i called him because then i'm thinking like, did yeah, something does, happen what's going like, on? Yeah. yeah what's going on and then i get to work on that monday morning and i had an email from him and he was just like I'm really sorry to do this. I realized that I'm not over my ex. I'm not in a position to be in a relationship. And like, I just, I didn't want to ghost you, but like, also, I can't. Yeah, like, do I this. don't have the capacity to do this. Right. And I, okay, so I've got these two tapes running. One is like the rational <laughs> yeah, side of my yeah. brain, like the, okay, be an adult, you know? So I write him an email and I'm like, you know, I really respect your honesty, you know, thank you for letting me know. And I wish you nothing but the best and, you know, et cetera. And like kind of like infuse some humor and like pretended yeah. like it wasn't devastating. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't, you know, want to curl up in a corner and die. So that was on the, the one hand. And then there's this other side of my brain that's like, effort you know like I worked so hard for like a whole like month or six, whatever it was <laughs> like I was not binging and purging I was not starving myself and like the result that I thought I was gonna get from that like has suddenly been taken out from you know the rug has been pulled out from under yeah. me or whatever so screw it all so I did the biggest nosedive back into my eating disorder like 
forever. So I start starving myself, binging, purging, like running six miles a day. Like I'm, Man. yeah, my, and I start, I, so my eating disorder had never been that bad. I was spending $300 a day on food and just binging and purging Whoa. all day long. Yeah. I, I, it's an expensive habit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's a very, yeah, bulimia is very expensive. Who knew? Um, <laughs> And uh, and I like could not pull myself back from the brink. It was probably the most painful period of my life, and it lasted like uh, so. At that earlier on, like right before meeting Tony, I had gotten a job working for a hedge fund, so I had like this new high powered job. I'm binging and purging all the time. Like I'm just my life is on this crash course into self destruction. Yeah, and it and it feel and it's and it came right before or right before was this time where you felt like you had things figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like this high followed by this plummet. Yeah. And then I kept telling myself the story like, oh, well, I'll be able to kind of like pull myself up from my bootstraps. Turns out I did not. So after like fainting at the office a couple of times from electrolyte depletion and after like, you know, just really realizing like I'm doing a number on my health and I can't stop. And I remember I went to the hospital at one point to get like fluids, et cetera. And I got out and I was binging and purging on the way home. And then I went into a treatment and same, I was there for like a week and I was binging and purging on the way home. It was just horrible. So I end up leaving my job, going to treatment for nine consecutive months. So I was like, I, yeah, like when I do things, I do them all. Yeah. Well, I guess it like, and well, at the time it's probably a thing where just to get yourself to say like I need yeah. to do this for myself was probably a big moment like for you to get back to that point right because as much as you were kind of plummeting to still be able to say oh wait I gotta like try to turn and get myself out of this yeah probably was a big moment in that and all happening with all that happening around you well I think the really decisive moment for me was realizing that I couldn't just kind of put duct tape on an amputation because that's what I'd done every yeah. other time before it's like I you know I'd be like headfirst in this eating disorder and then I'd sort of like get it together and maybe go into treatment for like a short period of time and then come right back to my life and that was my pattern of like coming back to the same life and doing the same things and that yeah you're sort of like living in these two different worlds and and you were never like figuring out how to like incorporate the one world in the your normal world I guess right it's like that thing of like oh well I can do this in this environment but when I'm brought back into the environment that I was already having this problem it's easy for the problem to just come back totally totally So I go into treatment and I really like changed my entire life. So I left finance. I was away for these nine months, like working on myself and doing the deep therapeutic work and confronting trauma and like confront, like, why do I feel a need to fill that void? And what's that void about? Yeah. Why am I just substituting food or sex or whatever? Like, what's my what's my thing? And I didn't like figure all the answers out in those nine months, but I did experience a lot of healing and I ended up um, and moving from Connecticut to Philadelphia as part of that trajectory. And like the last treatment center that I was in as part of those nine months was in Philadelphia. So I come out and I'm like newly out of treatment and just I got this job working for a spiritual bookstore and like like my <laughs> yeah. whole, you know, I went from finance to like selling self-help books and like, I don't know, organizing clothes and stuff. Like it was just yeah. such a, yeah, like as one does, right? But yeah, and I guess it comes back to that thing of like you almost needed, instead of having these two bubbles, you almost had to like make a new bubble that yeah. maybe took pieces from both lives and kind of like made this new life that can sustain itself 
Right. Where you were like, yeah, I want to take away this like finance lifestyle and this yeah. thing. And so I can use these things I'm learning in treatment to like be able to consistently make myself live in the new like world. Right. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, if everything changes, it's easier sometimes than just trying to change one component. Yeah. Like, and um, and so I had this whole new life and this whole new identity that I was just starting out with and just learning. And within the first maybe couple weeks, I get this phone call from a number that I don't recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And I pick up the phone and it's this voice that I also don't recognize. And he says like, you know, hey, Dara, because my name is Dara Lise, but a lot of people call me Dara. And yeah. he's like, you know, hey, Dara, um, how are you? And I said like, hey, <laughs> like, how are you? Um, and, you know, a lot of times when people call me that I don't know, I'll kind of pretend, like, try yeah, to figure out, Yeah, you'll see how long you can go and like, figure it out instead are. of just being like, who is this? Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so I'm kind of, like, doing that a little bit, like, oh, how you been? And he's like, how, you know, how have you been? And, and then after maybe about a minute or so, I'm like, listen, I don't, who is this? Because <laughs> you're not in my phone. Like, I don't recognize the voice. I don't know who this is. And he goes, oh, this is Tony. And I was like, oh, um, I'm sorry. I don't know a Tony who. <laughs> and so he tells me his last name. And I swear, it took me about like a good 30 seconds to even remember. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that Tony. I'm so like, I'm so sorry. I forgot you. I'd forgotten all about this guy. Like, completely forgotten Yeah, like part of your was. treatment was almost like purging this bad experience <laughs> from your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, he wasn't that important. Like, Yeah, he, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it was, yeah, it felt like this big moment at the time, but then you were like, okay, well, this was a month of a thing and who cares? Right, right, yeah, and it was the weirdest thing and I guess he was calling because he'd like d done whatever work he needed to do to get over yeah, like, that relationship better, yeah. and he was like in a better place and so he was partially calling to apologize and partially calling to like see if there yeah, was a possibility see, see of reconnecting on. and I just I, there wasn't for me because I didn't even remember who he was yeah that can't be <laughs> on his end if he's like yeah okay I've been thinking about this person a lot we really had a nice time together I'm gonna call her and tell her that I'm ready and for you to be like who are you <laughs> <laughs> Can't be great for his feelings of like, this is going to work out. Like, I know. Yeah. So mine is a story of empowerment. And yeah, like, you, were, you know, yeah, like, you were both having your own journeys <laughs> and, and your journey did not include him. And, no, it did And not. he was like, yeah, maybe one day this will work out. Yeah, right, right. But like, I will say that kind of on another level, it's really interesting the stories that we make things mean. Like for me, that moment of sleeping with someone and then having him tell me that he wasn't ready for a relationship. Like it really it felt deeply personal. It felt like, oh, my God, this is about me. And if something about me were different, then this would have worked out. And I went yeah. so self-destructive. And like at the end of the day, it really wasn't about like he yeah, was doing his own thing. I think that's such a big like a thing that I've only realized being in New York and actually sort of like being in like the dating scene where I've yeah, I've gone on like two to three dates with multiple people over a period of time. And you kind of figure out that like people are dealing with their own stuff all the time and so much of it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with like what they have going on yeah but it's so hard to not think that you did something like I get so in my head and I, I get like a lot of anxiety and where I'll be like oh this person just like literally I remember a time I got an email and it was this like very nice hey like I 
I've been having a really nice, like very similar yeah. email. I've been having a very nice time with you. I just got out of a long-term relationship and I'm like not ready for this. And in my head, I kept being like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Like, why, how did I screw this up? What was the thing that like made her feel like she doesn't want to be with me? When in reality, she said it very clearly, like, I just got out of a relationship and I'm not ready yeah. for this. I remember sending that email back and it was this half like, I totally understand, but also half like me trying to sell myself of like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe like, I like we could just take this slow and see how it goes. Like in my head, I'm still like, I can turn this, I could, you know, fight back and whatever I did wrong, I can fix when I'm not thinking about like, this person just has stuff going on. Right. Oh my God. Totally. Totally. And like. I, I kind of wonder, too, um, with that, like, if some of it has to do with the mode of delivery. Like, yeah, you, I think if I talk to someone email verbally, is, yeah, yeah. You, you don't get you don't have any opportunity to really, like, connect with a person. It's just like, oh, these are three sentences and this is all I have to go on. And I don't know what their body language is like. And I don't know yeah, how they actually feel. And I guess there's another thing of like, I, I don't know if you like I kind of had I remember in that specific instance, I remember sort of like question. I was like, this seems made up, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yeah. not that like and it yeah. just and it wasn't it totally wasn't. But it was just me being like, ah, this is this person just sent this in an email because they made this thing up. And this was their way of like not having to like lie to my face or something like that right right like, <laughs> right yeah versus an in-person human conversation and yeah. you can kind of get a sense of whether or not yeah, someone like, okay is, i can tell that you're this is the thing you're dealing with because like yeah and I, yeah i think you're totally right the, the way you're sending that message says a lot about how you're responding to the message yeah well and also i think like the suddenness of the message like so for me yeah, for, I, and it sounds like in your case too i had no idea how recently he got out of his past relationship. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't know anything. And I feel like one of the things, and maybe I'm a bit of an oversharer, but I just really feel like when you're going into something with someone, show them who you really are. Like, show them you're messy. Show them you're ugly. Like, tell them your yeah. story so that it's not, because it feels like a surprise suddenly. Well, yeah, that, that, that's sort of the other element I feel like a lot of dating is like people almost like tiptoeing around their lives in in yeah. kind of like figuring out what to share when which i get like there's things that are, it's hard it's hard on a first date to just be like like i'm sure with with your specific instance like did it feel like uh, when you were dating tony were you like i just got out of this like recovery month-long recovery program like was that something you threw at him right away or like, well i did tell him i had a history yeah. of eating disorders but i like painted it like it yeah, was a exactly. history it's not, not like, like it's a, not it's not just a, and i think that was that thing right, right. where you're like you want to be honest with people but you don't want to scare people and right. but i do think there's something to be said about like yeah the more you just kind of throw your shit out there and just say like not that you should just throw everything out on a first yeah. date, but just like, yeah, I guess you kind of find the people who are willing to sort of like f not fight, but like go through go through this thing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in retrospect, I think he and I both had horrible self-awareness when we met. Like yeah. I yeah. didn't realize that, oh, actually putting myself in a situation where I'm going to have heightened emotions could be a setup to relapse into yeah, an like eating disorder. And he didn't realize like, oh, maybe telling someone that I'm ready for a relationship when I'm clearly not and don't feel like that. Yeah, like, and that's tricky too because, yeah, because, yeah, he probably didn't, that didn't come up at any of your dates until you get this email. Yeah. 
And it's, tr- yeah, that's the other thing. It's like the fact that it happened literally right after you had sex for the first time. Yeah. Which in your head is probably like, I, what did I do? Oh, see, or what didn't yeah, I what do? Did, yeah, or like, how what did I yeah. screw this up? Where like, it totally makes sense that he's being intimate with somebody for the first time. And that's the thing that makes him realize, oh, he's not ready to be intimate with somebody. Right. right. Like there's, yeah. but yeah, that extra, like, I'm freaking out because all the circumstances of this thing when, yeah, he didn't, yeah. this could have been avoided or like the stress of this could have been avoided. Right. Right. If it was just handled a little bit more. <laughs> But I think that's the thing. People like so people are just scared all the time and don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> oh my god, totally. Totally. And I think one of the things that I like really have come to love about dating in general and yeah. about, you know, and I you may may or may not relate to this as a storyteller, like I've learned to really relish the phenomenal dating experiences and love experiences and the horrific ones yeah. cuz like this is the story I chose to tell. But I have a lot of stories <laughs> about like wonderful dating experiences and tragic, yeah. heart wrenching dating experiences. And for me, everything in between is just a waste of time. Yeah, the, bo- the just like, <laughs> and I yeah, like this is I guess this is more towards uh like bad bad. But I remember a date I went on where like I felt like somebody literally had like a list of first date questions that they were like, "Do you have any siblings?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I have two sisters." And then I was like, I felt like this thing where I had to be like, what about you? Like, that was the whole date was just like this rhythm. And I guess that was just like a very average mediocre. Like, it just was boring and there was no spark there. But yeah, I guess like that to me is like, yeah, I don't know what to take from that. Because it wasn't it wasn't like. Right. Yeah. That was just a waste of how many hours. Yeah, we had two drinks and I was like, (laughs) okay, well, I guess that (laughs) night is a loss. Uh, Yeah. And it's just it's it's hard. I guess be I, that's the other thing. It's like there's a vulnerability into being in a, the dating world. Right. And I feel like, yeah, there's just a lot of, and I was for a long time, I feel like I wasn't fully aware or ready for that. Like that, like I was dating, but I wasn't like fully aware of like, Oh yeah. If, if I can be vulnerable, I'm going to have a better chance of meeting the right person. What shifted that for you? I don't know. Like I do. Rem- so the, the person that I'm dating now, I remember that, one, I was 100% not in a place to be meeting anybody. Like, it was, I had just gotten out of a long relationship. We were living together, and it was, like, uh, like less than two months after she had, like, moved out, and all this stuff happened, and it was very, uh, yeah, I was truly just, like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I, I was just trying to kind of, like, kind of pull my, like, sort of rebuild my world again like not yeah. fully saying it's like similar to this what you were dealing with with this eating disorder but it felt like this thing where i have to like redefine this world that i'm living in. it's the same thing totally it's, it's totally, just like in that yeah, kind of sense yeah. it like it just felt like oh i don't really know who i am now and this and that and figuring that stuff out and literally like smack dab in the middle of this uh i met this person we just started talking and then what she said now is like oh i thought you were flirting with me and and so she asked me out and i was like very unprepared for it (laughs) and we had like a a mutual friend and i asked him i was like this person asked me out i don't know to do and he knew like my whole story of what i was dealing with in my life at that point in time but i was just kind of like i don't know like i don't know if i can handle this and he was just like just go get a drink with her it's a drink you're fine you'll be fine and i did and it was really nice and then Our second date, I had to be like, hey, just so you know, like all of this stuff has just happened to me 
because it felt like I can't uh, do this thing unless I tell this person that this thing just happened in my life and where I'm at and kind of, yeah, like, and I, I don't think that I would have in, you know, five years ago, I don't think I would have been so like ready to just be like, throw all that stuff out there. I would have tried to hide it and slowly let it out. And there was something about the circumstance where I was just like, I'm just going to share this thing. Well, I think that's tremendous because I think so many of us who want love or want to be in loving relationships, et cetera, have this belief like, well, if this person knew me, then they wouldn't love me. Yeah, and yeah. The more that we harbor that, like the harder it is to then disclose or be vulnerable and I think when you can kind of start off by saying like okay here are the things I deem difficult to love about me yeah. <laughs> and someone's like oh that doesn't scare me away I mean I think that's beautiful yeah and it truly might have been that I was just kind of like well this per- there's no way that this is gonna work out because I am a mess right now so I might as well just throw it all out there yeah. and that was sort of the thing that made it sort of work because then then it was so much easier to kind of like navigate the beginning of this relationship together because then like she shared like, oh, yeah, you know, I hadn't been gotten out of a relationship that recently, but I did have this really big relationship that didn't end the way I thought it was going to like it didn't work out the way I wanted yeah. it to. And so I, this is my sort of first time kind of putting myself out there again. So it was like this weird thing where it ended up opening up this entire thing with our relationship that then we, yeah, were able to sort of talk through as we were figuring this thing out together. That's so cool. Yeah, and it just, honestly, like, I don't think I would have been as, like, forthcoming if I wasn't such a mess at that point <laughs> <Yeah>. in time. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do yeah. think there was a part of me that was just like, all right, I'll just say this, because this is, I'm gonna, this is gonna fall apart. Yeah. So I think I have a similar thing that's kind of, it's different, but similarly to how you, you know, felt like yeah, we like have that. Fell like, into yeah, fell um, so I have a similar thing, which is that because I'm a writer and I'm an actor and I like yeah. do podcasting, like I'm very public facing in my life. So I feel like I'm just very open and transparent because yeah, I'm like, like I can't yeah, whatever. have any secrets. <laughs> so like, yeah. people know what I'm doing. So totally. I might as well tell you the truth. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I feel like we, I've, I, we went on this long thing and I guess I didn't like, so with you and Tony, did you guys just, was that oh, just, yeah, kind, that's so did great. the conversation just kind of be like, okay, well, so, good luck with your life. Yeah, like, did you so ever he, like see him again? No. So he sort of said like, Hey, you know, I'm just putting this out there. Like I would love to like, you know, maybe yeah. start something up, up again. And I was just like, well, I really respect you for reaching out and like, you know, thank you. And at the same time, I just moved to Philadelphia. Yeah, like, like, I've changed my whole life. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you, you know, you or this. And like, I wish you nothing but yeah. the best. But also, but I don't see this going right. somewhere right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we are, we were connected on LinkedIn. Okay. Like, yeah. So that, that's <laughs> we have thing. a professional <laughs> connection <laughs> to each other, which we've never explored. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so at that time. Like when he contacted you, how long after getting out of this like nine month treatment was it? It was maybe like a few weeks after or something. So I feel like it was about it. It must have. It was like just shy of a year after we had this experience, right? Yeah, because I real well after the like after he ended it. Oh, after he ended it. Yeah. Then I was like, it took a few few months months in the relapse, and then yeah, so. It was a it was a significant yeah. time. And I guess like so when you're so even though like that wasn't a thing that you were like, yeah, this is the thing I want to pursue right now. Did you find yourself dating again? Like what was what was your kind of like re 
vamped dating life like when oh. you came out of the treatment yeah god so that's a story in and of itself yeah but um i'll just say that so i got out of treatment and i still like realized that okay i'm not ready to like get my heart break- yeah, yeah, broken yeah. or put myself out there but i decided that i was just gonna have like a fun relationship with someone because i still couldn't be alone apparently yeah so i yeah Which right fair. So, I but i waited like two and a half months or something so yeah, it was before, longer like, right like, pulling up a dating app and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I met someone on Craigslist and um, she had just gotten divorced and I was, you know, just fresh out of treatment and we were both like very honest about that yeah. and like, okay, we, you know, let's just like have this like fun thing. And then we ended up falling in love and spending five years <laughs> together in like the most <laughs> twisted, most toxic relationship. Yeah, like not healthy. Oh, it was horrible. Like, I mean, I think we took each other emotionally hostage and we were like horrific to each other. I mean, thank God now, like we have no interactions and whatever and it's been a long time um but uh but yeah like so i i upgraded in terms of like like going for someone who was marginally less well more yeah yeah i don't know but i guess it's just it's (laughs) i guess the difference is you both were up front with each other in the (laughs) right 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 but we were both wrong like we were both like we we are not gonna be in a relationship and then we ended up in a relationship that's the thing it's like you're both like this is where i am right now i'm not ready to be in a relationship and you're both like great we agree with that and then you just like yeah throw yourself into this really deep relationship right right where we were both like using each other to put salve on each other's wounds and then like create this toxic trauma bond or something yeah. i mean it was but it was very i talk about like really wanting wonderfully horrible experiences so that i can write about them and talk about them and that was this yeah, relationship like, like, has given me <laughs> oh my god yeah i have years of material just based on this one relationship. that's great <laughs> uh i guess like on a personal level do you feel like going after like that treatment happened and everything like that do you feel like better your sort of relationship with yourself and and kind of your body and all that like has that yeah felt good since then well i mean i think that it hasn't been a perfectly linear trajectory yeah. like i think change tends to be more cyclical and circular yeah, totally. um but i will say that i have not been in treatment since i got out at the end of 2009 yeah. and i've not been in treatment since which is like I mean, I used to have a revolving door life when it came to treatment centers. So that's a big deal. Um, I also really found that changing my whole life structure and setting my identity up around the identity of someone who's in recovery from an eating disorder was huge. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm a person who lives with an eating disorder anymore. Yeah. But I do feel like I'm a person who needs a certain level of like self-care and nutrition like I can't skip meals it 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 yes. t- it's it messes up my head like I know that if I'm not getting adequate sleep or rest I'm likely to wake up the next day and feel fat suddenly out of nowhere like if I experience an emotional trauma I know I have to be a little more careful about like how I eat and how I take care of myself so I feel like in that way I have this internal barometer for like if something's off in my life I'll perceive it as like there's something about my body that needs fixing. And now I recognize that. Yeah. And I just know that like, okay, my primary love relationship has to be with myself and always will have to be with myself. And that's kind of a gift. Um, But at the same time, like it took me a long time yeah. to get to this realization. No, but it's like, I mean, the way you just talked about all that, it seems very like, I just to say like, I know that this thing is happening to me right now because of this. Like, Instead of, yeah, associating it with, like, something is wrong 
to be able to like take that extra second and not be in your head about it and just say like oh yeah i forgot to eat dinner i need to eat dinner like yeah yeah like oh i didn't sleep well last night that's why this is happening right now right and And i think all of us have these like internal barometers for what like and and if we can just be mindful of like oh okay you know i have a tendency to go into depression when things aren't going well. Like, so what do I need to do to mitigate that? Or like, I tend to be more skewed towards anxiety or I tend to like lash out in anger. Like, so just to kind of recognize what what our dysfunctional patterns are and then live our lives within a certain set of parameters so that we don't activate those. Like, I think it's it's a gift um, and it's really come to feel like a gift. And also, I mean... You know, I'm just I'm a person who really craves intensity in my life. And so knowing that I've had to find other ways to be intense yeah. <laughs> that are not yeah, like, this like, doesn't yeah, need to be my so- intense thing. I could <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can go skydiving, <laughs> which I've been. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that the personal like your personal journey feels. Uh, yeah. Like it's it's found a place that you're like happy with. Yeah. And if I have a good relationship with myself, like what I've learned is that it's possible to have a really good relationship with myself and have other things not working out very well with my other relationships. And it's also possible to have a lot of people because this has always been the case for me in my life. Like a lot of people loved me even when I was self-destructive, but I couldn't let that love in. And so if I'm not like at least like I don't know that I always love myself, but like if I'm at least not liking myself in the moment, I'm. I can't receive any yeah, good it's, things. It's harder to let, yeah, to let other people love you and for you to be okay with that because you're constantly like, why, why? I don't, yeah. I'm not good enough. Like what? Yeah. Totally. And I've been the unhealthiest person in a, I've been the healthier person in a relationship, <laughs> but I've also been the toxic, unhealthy person in a relationship. And like, that's not fair either because then that gives someone else yeah. this story about, you know what I mean? Like then they get to be yeah, the one. They have, they have, you're, <laughs> You're the person in the story that they're like, oh, I had this relationship that was a roller coaster. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've totally been responsible for that <laughs> yeah. with other people. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing all this stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's so cool to talk about these things. And I feel like also it's cool to talk about them because same thing with the Tony. Like, I'm just not in that place anymore. And so I'm like, oh. Yeah, this weird. Like, this yeah, is so like, funny. Oh, I forgot about these horribly dysfunctional yeah. relationships <laughs> and like my pattern and you know, like, like hating myself so much that I couldn't be alone. Like, I forgot that that was yeah, a part, a part of, of you, my story. Yeah, 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. It's growth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slow and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah if people want to, like, uh, yeah, follow you online or anything or you want to plug anything that you have going on. Oh, absolutely. So I've always got stuff going on. Um, my website is daraleeslyons.com. That's D-A-R-A-L-Y-S-E-L-Y-O-N-S. Dot com um, and people can go there and connect with me like I've got a podcast I do journalism stuff I've uh, had a new book released fairly recently oh, so cool. yeah and I and I also really just love like hearing about other people's stories and talking about how we can evolve past our past so yeah I'm happy to be connected with your listeners awesome well thanks again for sharing all this thank you this is how we is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. 
You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts.